Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. It's for you, play and play, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. Ray, you there? Yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I've been here, waiting. So you're listening to Ray and Tay today. We got a lot to talk about, and let's just kick it off. I'm Ray, tall Rayside, and happy to have you. I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. We hope all the mothers out there had a wonderful Mother's Day. It was a beautiful weekend, and there's a lot of sports that went down. Let's talk about it. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us your emails, thoughts, comments, NBA playoffs, hockey, whatever. At RayandTayToday at gmail.com. Tweet at us, Facebook us. You know the drill. Ray, I got to ask you, after the buzzer-beating, game-winning, and series-tying shot from LeBron James, with all the injuries and all that's going on, did he just bury, I mean bury and destroy, and end the series with the Chicago Bulls? Well, I'm looking at the injury report, and it's saying that Pau Gasol is not likely for game five with his hamstring. So you take a Bulls team without Pau Gasol and what used to be an advantage, that front court and the front court scoring and the rebounding that Gibson, Noah, and Gasol can give you is now neutralized. And, again, Derrick Rose isn't the Derrick Rose that won the MVP a couple years ago. So it comes back to what, what we said jokingly a few, a few uh, episodes ago. I have LeBron James, and you don't. So I'm betting on that team. So, I, look, I thought the Cavs would go all the way to the NBA Finals, and with LeBron making that shot and Pau Gasol's health in question, even with all the adversity of Kevin Love going down and Kyrie not playing well, uh, being hurt, I should say, and Iman right. Shumpert and J.R. Smith's suspension, my team has LeBron James and your team doesn't. So I'm going with that team. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win maybe in six. You know, it's fascinating. Number one, the whole entire playoffs are just marred and just filled with. So many injuries. You know, you had Conley and Allen. You, you've had Chris Paul and 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 just look. You know, Kevin Love, Kyrie's banged up, and Paul Gasol, and this is like the health of D Rose. Remember? I've Wait, never. I, I don't remember. And you wonder, is it? It's so funny, right? Because when the guys used to play 82 games. That you know they didn't really get injured so much in the playoffs, and now guys are playing less minutes and less games, and it seems like there's more injuries. So it almost you know you'd almost wonder 
is it sort of like with baseball with the pitchers, you know what I mean, where, oh, you watch their innings and you do this and you do that, but then guys get more hurt. So I think all of that to say I almost feel as whoever is the healthiest team is going to probably win the NBA crown and cut down the nets or whatever and win an an NBA title. And that, to me, is kind of fascinating because – you don't know is that Golden State? Is it now Memphis? You know what I mean. You you, you just don't know, and and I don't know if the Cavs. And obviously, we didn't even mention John Wall. If the Cavs make it through, can they beat the Grizzlies, Warriors, or Clippers without Kevin Love and a, and an unhealthy Kyrie? And let's hope LeBron's okay. You know, we got to see if that ankle's good. It probably will be, but you still got to see. So there's a lot, but I got to say this to me, that shot was huge. I mean, what a mother's day shot and just what a game. I think that this series is, uh, I think it's still going to go seven. Um, but right now I, you know, I'm not confident in my bulls pick anymore. I will say that because, uh, they just, I don't know, you know, but, but Butler hit a big shot. D Rose Friday night hit the game winner. You know, well they came back is, from being down, yeah. right? They made a good comeback, the Bulls. And if that game goes to overtime, who knows what happens? You know, they had a lot of Definitely. confidence coming back. Overtime, I think they they would have pulled it out at overtime, but it just didn't get there. LeBron said, "No, sir." So, what? Let's talk about Blake Griffin because I mean, <laughs> you know, we. And we're going to do this. Maybe uh, we'll do it next week as the playoffs further advance. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. The NBA lottery will be coming up. This week, starting tomorrow, we've got to talk about it a little bit. The NBA draft combine, that's going to be fascinating. As the NBA draft comes up June 25th, the combine starts tomorrow. But we need to rank the top ten players in the NBA because as we spoke about the five that were in the MVP voting and last year Blake Griffin was in there, Blake Griffin, I think, now has taken himself in that top five, if not number six, um, you know, because you got Durant as well. But in the top seven best players in the NBA, would you agree? Yeah, this is his coming out party. And, look, I still believe that Chris Paul is the engine that makes that Clippers team run. But the best player in these playoffs has been Blake Griffin, hands down. And LeBron's yeah. played great, and Chris Paul's played great, and Tim Duncan played great in that first round, and and you know uh, Steph Curry had some games, and John Wall had some big shots before he got hurt, and but it's hands down. I mean, it's not even close. Blake Griffin is the playoff MVP right now, and so you got to think this guy was a number one pick, and he was just very good from the beginning, right? He was a sort of a twenty and nine guy from the beginning. Didn't An really athletic stat stuffer, you know, yeah. basically. But the thing that blows you away is his ability to pass the basketball. Because we've seen guys that can score, and we've seen guys that can rebound. So he's not the best offensive, offensively skilled player, but you know what? He's got a nice 15-foot jumper. He's got a nice back-to-the-basket game. You know he can finish. 
you know he can rebound. You want him to rebound a little bit more, but you know what? He's got a monster in DeAndre Jordan with him. So if he gets nine and a half rebounds, DeAndre gets thirteen. I mean, what oh, more yeah. can you ask? Your front court can get them all, right? Rebounds. Yeah, exactly. So but what's amazing is his ability to pass and to pass in in close confines. You know what I mean? Like he's getting space, yeah. he finds a way to wrap it around to DeAndre for the dunk, to find JJ Redick or Matt Barnes for the three back to Chris Paul, and then back to DeAndre for, you know, an alley-oop. It's beautiful to watch is what it is, and and he's his whole game is changing. I want to talk about the Rockets, though, and the Hacker Jordan, and just, first of all, they need to take it out of the game. We've been saying this, and I think yesterday was disgusting. But I don't know shame, how. Shameful. I, I agree, but Let, I don't know how. Okay, What's well, but listen, though, but it's also, place, but guess what? Fouling is a part of the game. So, so uh, yes, I mean, yes, I, yes, I'm yes. serious. I'm, I don't know have how to, you do it. Well, they're going to have to do something where there's a time limitation and or um, something where you just cannot intentionally foul a player in the front court or, or something or, or limit the amounts, they, they're going to figure it out. I don't know what the best way to do the rule is, but I know this, it's backfiring against them. The Rockets cannot play defense, and the Clippers each game are beating them by more. What was it, 32 or 33 points last night, 20-something the other night? Oh, yeah. The, the Rockets are done. The Rockets are done, and I'm taking back my original. We're doing this segment today. I'm sorry, but I'm going to take back my original. I'm sorry for not predicting them to go – and the playoffs and do all this and that. But I, I did say, and I stand by it, and I'm, I feel like I'm going to be vindicated with it, that Dwight Howard is never going to win a title. This team will never win a title. And, and also, you know what, let's give Patrick Beverly a little bit of love because you know what? They miss him. They miss Montemunis, and they miss Beverly tremendously because he plays great defense. They, they, they're getting killed on the pick and roll. They're, they're, they're just late to everything. The Rockets are not playing good defense, and they're not a winning team. And James, ha- and, um, James Harden, he's been good, not great. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been MVP. Um, and I don't even know if Curry's been MVP. You know what I mean? But um, I'll, I'll say this. The Rockets are done. This series will go one more game, and I think the Clippers will win 4-1. That's it. You know what? I, I can't disagree with that. And what kills me is to have Kevin McHale sit there and just watch his team not be tough. You know, coming from that oh. Boston Celtics background, which you they, hear him in the press conferences excel. though. He's like losing it. He's like, you know, this is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, you know, his honesty right. is great. This team is structured around Harden. And at least all the money, anyways, is in Harden and Dwight Howard. Now, uh, what's his name? Your boy from Kentucky put in a good. He put in a good Terrence year. Terrence Jones. So for uh, Terrence Jones, got hurt and had the eye thing, but hand thing, and he put in a good year. Um, but if Dwight Howard doesn't dominate, then they can't win. this team really has no chance to win because everybody else is a role player. Once they let Chandler Parsons go. And they ended up going with this mishmash of players. Um, Josh Smith never really stepped up to what he did, you know, two, three years ago in Atlanta. And like you said, Patrick Beverly is missing. But you can't have two stars and only have one star show up for the, for, you know, for the playoffs. Now, granted, 
Dwight Howard's been hurt, and Dwight Howard's had some had some issues, but this team really needs a two-headed monster, right? They need Chris Paul and Blake Griffin type performances in order to win because I just don't think when the game slows down and James Harden doesn't get all those fouls that he gets in the regular season where he you know he led the league in attempts and makes right so it was all about yeah. James Harden making 10 12 points from the free throw line well, he's not getting all that all those calls in the, in the playoffs and you can scheme around that so you need the second head of the two-headed monster to be dominant and the problem is also a problem of matchups right because DeAndre Jordan is probably the only guy that can physically match up with Dwight Howard in the league. And Blake has the athletic ability where Blake can also put some fouls on him. So it's a And bad nobody match can match up with Blake. Terrence Jones yeah. and Josh Smith, they're not matching up with Blake. As great as a versatile athlete as Josh Smith is, he can't he's he can't match up with Blake Griffin. And you gotta give kudos to Crawford and Reddick and Rivers and just, you know, I think Doc Rivers is doing a very good coaching job and I think the team, even though they get frustrated that Jordan misses a lot of free throws, I think they're keeping their heads. And Doc made a good point. He's like, you know, we don't like it, but you know what, we work with it and it helps us to set our defense. You know, I think the Rockets don't realize number one, you get your players in foul trouble. You're in the bonus early, and then you let the Clippers set their defense because they're always shooting free throws. And you let a team that's I, I, not deep I, yeah, rest their players. It's, and it's you don't really it's a it's a flawed it's flawed. I I just think the whole I think the whole thing is flawed. So let's hope they stop it tonight. We got some good games. Let's talk about the Wizards and the Hawks, man, because. You know, these two series, and then also the Warriors and Grizzlies, they're, they're only, you know, they're still a game behind, so they've got to catch up in their game fours. But for the Grizzlies and Wizards to both be up 2-1, and Ramon Sessions and Bradley Beal, and then my man, I didn't call bank, I called game. Paul Pierce, I told you, the uh-huh. veteran. That, to me, was like so that. clutch. And they almost lost it. Give the Hawks credit for fighting back, but guess what? Teague's not playing big. The you know the the, the the players are not they're not hitting the shots that they normally hit. I think if Wall can come back, I think the Hawks are done. They might be done even without him. But I, I, I really believe the Wizards they're starting everybody's starting to play better. No, you're hundred percent right and never thought the Hawks were built for the playoffs. Didn't think that team was the 2004 Detroit Pistons. And there's a reason why in the last, since you know the beginning of time, but let's say in the last 30 years, that a team without not one but two or sometimes three stars doesn't win the championship is because the game slows down. The game becomes more deliberate. And it become and in the seven game series you can it's hard to have a schematic advantage. So you just literally have to outplay and out execute. And this Atlanta Hawks team, as good as they are, I don't know that when you see them seven games that they're gonna beat you four out of the seven games when you're a very good opponent, right? So first round maybe, second round is when they start to hit a wall, and definitely in the next round. I don't think they have a they have a shot to beat Cleveland or Chicago if they were to advance past Washington. No, you're right. You know, I, and I think at the end of the day, it, it is about star power, but it's about shot makers, and and that's really what it comes down to. Because 
let's be honest, the Hawks and, you know, winning, what, 60 and you got the Warriors 67, but, the you know, two of the biggest three-point shooting teams um, in the league – and they are struggling. You can't rely on the jump shoot. And you know what? Who's tweeting about it is your boy Phil Jackson because he's like, hey, I told you it's not all about that. My triangle will work. It's still in this NBA. And it's sort of like running the ball, right? I mean, to win championships, you kind of got to get to the free throw line. You kind of want to take high percentage shots. And um, there's not too many teams that have proven, let's just chuck up a bunch of threes and we'll win it all. Um, I don't know if any, you know, have, have really uh, done it. Because even that Spur team, people could say whatever, but Kawhi, Parker penetrating, Ginobili penetrating, and, of course, the great Tim Duncan. Yeah, Green and, and Patty Mills and other guys hit threes, but they also got to the free throw line when they needed to and hit big shots, well, also, and they, they had, also penetrated. They were hitting wide open threes. I mean, these guys were right, having right, – right a field day in terms because of... Because of Duncan. And it's all because of Duncan, though, and the post-up play. Yeah, that inside-out you know? game and also just the ball movement that they have. It's like penetration, right? It's, it's, like, it's even better because the defense can't move as fast. But it's like having a point guard like Chris Paul that can penetrate, break down the defense, and then find somebody wide open. So it wasn't just a bunch of chuckers out there. It was a scheme on offense that got people excellent shots. You'd pass up a, a good shot for a very good shot for an excellent shot. If you had to take one player off of the Hawks that you would put to be the sixth man, and I'm not saying you have to replace it with, you know, whatever, but if you wanted to upgrade and get, let's say, the player that should be starting, which position would it be? Would it be Carroll? Would it, would it be the two and Corver? Would it be Horford at the five? Which, which player out of that starting five needs to be off the bench and you, you get a better starting player that's a real all-star? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, look, Al Horford's a four playing the five. So you always wanted to see him play with a bigger guy at the five so he could play the four. Um, Paul Millsap's not really a star. He's a very good player. Carroll is probably the weakest of the of the starters. Um, you know what, though? But he plays two ways. you got to at least give does. him that. He's a very excellent player. And that's the thing. They're all really good players and all players you want on your team. But there's a reason why... These types of teams, as they're constructed, don't win. Nobody on that team is good enough to ca- – like the baseball analogy, right, where, where a hitter can carry you for a week or ten days. You know, yeah. uh, forget about steroids for a second, but like Barry Bonds and, and A-Rod yeah. and Sosa McGuire. Uh, uh, yeah, get on my back. Folks. Yeah, exactly. I- yeah. I'll carry the team for a week. Griffey, you know I mean? yeah, days. I'll carry for a week. Griffey yeah. Jr., yeah, Mike Cabrera, Trout, yeah. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, yeah, Cabrera. I'll, I'll carry the team. Nobody on that Hawks team can do that. Nobody on that Hawks team can say, I got you. You know what? We're down five. We're on the road, but I'll take care of business for the next four or five minutes. We'll, we'll take the lead. Or and I'll because make of their quick. lack of size, it's hard. Like, for example, so they got themselves in a hole 28 to 18. They're not shooting that great in the first half. They have the explosive fourth quarter where they, you know, get like 35 points, you know, and, and hold the Wizards to 18 points or whatever. But to me, if they can't stop 
the Wizards from getting second-chance shots and rebounds and stuff like that and don't stop them enough inside, then they can't beat you know they can't beat them. I only, I say this though. The only reason why I'm I, I think the Hawks still have a chance is because of, of of Wall's health. Because I don't know if Sessions is going to explode and then Beal gets so many assists again. Do you know what I mean? Bless you. For if he gets that many Fair assists thing. again, to really be able to close out this series the way they need to. Because they almost and lost that game. No, and that's fair, and that's fair, and and look, the, we're dissing the Hawks to some degree, but there's a reason why they had the best record in the East. They're a very well coached team. They're an excellent team. As a team, they're they're really really good. They just don't have that transcendent star or two that Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Kobe Bryant, Tim. There's a reason why. So so here, there's a reason why Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen won six championships that Tim Duncan and his crew won five and you know the the, the other three won four and Kobe and, and Shaq Co- and Kobe yeah. and Shaq won three and Kobe won two more so right there between Tim Duncan LeBron uh, sorry Tim uh, Michael and Kobe right they have 16 championships since 91 there's a reason for that because and they, then throw in the next dominant player, which is LeBron, and you know, and Wade overlaps more. a little bit. Yeah, and Wade, Wade overlaps yeah, a little bit with him and Shaq. Yeah, Wade had his. No, you're fight. right. It's it's special. It's special players, and um, yeah, no. I, but see, but this is the question. So let's go to the next series: Warriors Grizzlies. We could say nobody's special enough on the Grizzlies, but they have the perfect hard-hat defensive mentality that if they can score enough, they're very hard to beat because if they get a little bit of outside shooting from Vince Carter or Courtney Lee or Conley hit some jumpers, I mean, it's ridiculous because these guys with Green, Zebo and Gasol, and the other night, what did Zebo and Gasol wound up with like, uh, was like 45 and 25 or 50 and 25? I mean, they're tough. You know, Zach Randolph, I mean, he brings it every night. I mean, 22, eight rebounds. I, I think the thing that we're realizing is how good Conley and Allen are defensively, where Clay and Steph are not getting the shots that they normally get. And I don't know if they have enough time in a series to adjust to it. The only question is if they just happen to get hot. I mean, because look at Clay, he's still got his 20. If Steph gets back on the groove and then the others – do what they normally do, the the Warriors might be able to still push this to seven games. Tonight's going to be fascinating, though. I mean, what do you, how do you see this going? Can Warriors get one in the grindhouse? I think they can. I mean, can. we know they look, can, yeah. Look, those teams, again, it's that age-old dilemma with those teams that shoot jumpers, right? They can always win a game. I don't know if they can win a series, but they can always win a game. So, this team, Golden State doesn't even have to play great. Uh, I think actually Memphis has to play better because in order right, to win, right. Memphis can't play at you know two thirds of their ability. They have to play at eighty percent or more. But when they do, it's very disruptive, and their big men, especially because Golden State gets gets small and plays small, their big men have an advantage, and their backcourt that plays D can neutralize a little bit or at least make it more difficult 
for Thompson and Steph Curry. And you know the problem with jump shooters is when the going gets rough, they keep shooting. For better or for worse, right? And so that's easy to defend. You know, you set a pick on the outside, you, you, you maybe do a dribble handoff, and then you pull up for a contest three. That's a relatively easy shot to defend, and all you got to do is worry about the rebound, and you got the rebounding advantage down low, especially when you're playing Zebo and Gasol together. So, to me, Golden State plays right into Memphis's hands. Now, Golden State, I think this will still go seven, but I'm worried if I'm a Golden State fan. I'm worried. I'm really worried. You know, it's interesting because when you were talking about that, that's really, you know, even though Jimmy Butler hit that last shot, but Butler and Rose, the Bulls lose when those guys just continuously settle for jumpers. And when they start to penetrate, it makes their team better, um, you know, and and gives the Cavs more trouble. So it'll be interesting in all these series, same with the Hawks, you know, can they not just make the extra pass to shoot the three, but can they sometimes get the easier shot and kick it inside, get the other team in foul trouble. You know, it means a lot when you get the best players off the floor because they're in foul trouble. It really makes it easier to go attack a backup forward or backup center compared to Battle and Gasol and and, and Zebo. Do you know what I mean? When Kufos is in and, and, and guys like that. So it's going to be fascinating. We'll see how that plays out. I think tonight – I don't know. There's a part of me thinks that the Grizzlies are going to win tonight, Ray, if I'm being honest. I, I believe the Warriors can do it, but mentally I almost feel like the Warriors are a little shook daddy. I don't know what it is. Um, and not to say that they can, can't come back and still win the series even if they go down 3-1. The odds say no. It's 97%. But I don't know. I'm going to go with the Grizzlies tonight, and I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go with the Hawks. As much as I want the Wizards to win, I, I think uh, the Hawks might might got some confidence from that fourth quarter. Really? Okay. Who are you going I with think tonight? I might, go yeah. with, I might go with the Warriors and the Hawks as well. Okay. So you, you're rocking the, the, the two twos. Everybody tied. Yeah, it's, uh, I think listen, it's, it's two, 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 two. Like Moses said, four, 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 four. So two, 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 two. Yeah, definitely. So before we leave the NBA, I just want to throw this at you real quick. Um, I'm excited about this draft combine. You know, you know, I get into this stuff. I, I like it. And then changing the format where they're going to actually have, it's not just going to be skills like, you know, the NFL does and what the NBA normally does. They're going to have some five-on-five play, which, uh, you know, they don't normally do and do, you know, sort of games and that stuff. And so they, you know, released all the guys that will be in it. I mean, you got the Stanley Johnsons, the Tyus Jones. Every, everybody's going to be there. The um, Elijah Munley kid. So this is this will be fun from the 12th, I think, to the 16th or 17th. Um, it'll be interesting. And then obviously I think, what is it, a week or two away from the draft lottery. So for us Knicks fans out there, pay attention. See if, uh, you know, we're going to get uh, Okafor, Justice Winslow, Tyus Jones, Carl Anthony Towns. You know, uh, we'll be in the top four or five picks. So either way, we're going to come away with a stud. I'll be interested to see how these guys bang up against each other, though, and see how they look. Um, you know, so that's uh, – now, look, we're, we're, we definitely got to touch on some hockey and some golf. Let me ask you this. It's the fifth – sort of like the, the fifth major, the Players' Championship. 
break down what happened. I didn't catch it all, but props to Ricky Fowler for winning. I thought that was amazing. He, you know, the wife, the girlfriend, the mother, everybody's, you know, talking about them and, you know, their wardrobe and all that or controversy or whatever. People are funny. But what did you think about it? And this guy hasn't won since 2012, so I'm glad that he's finally got off the, the snide there for Fowler. Yeah, well, you know what? This was pretty exciting. You know, they call it the fifth major, the TPC at Sawgrass, great, great course venue, 17 yeah. hole is that crazy you know venue there <laughs> but ricky fowler for years was considered underrated or sorry was considered overrated, overrated they were waiting yeah. for him to they were waiting for him to to deliver he always had the the great outfits you know Close. puma dresses him so he's always yeah. dressed to you know just to impress dapper dan but, yeah but i gotta tell you Sergio Garcia, it was basically his to lose. And Ricky Fowler puts up in the last four holes, he goes birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie, to go to minus 12. So that was impressive in and of itself. But then you got to give this kid Kevin Kisner and Sergio Garcia credit because they could have crumbled. But they held, they had, they each had to get a couple of birdies. They did. And then they right. all went to a three-way tie at 12-under. They played their holes, and so they went to 16. They did 16-17-18, uh, and they unbelievable. They they all played fairly well, um, but Ricky Fowler back to 17 on the fourth playoff hole hits a birdie, and Kevin Kisner pars it, and there you go. That's the end of the story. So. Sergio played very well. Kevin Kisner played very well. But Ricky Fowler really had a the best, I think it was the best four holes or, or final four holes in, in uh, uh, the TPC history. And mm. then to, to go win the playoff against two other players, you know, tip your hat to him. So, so Ricky Fowler joins the, you know, it's not an official major, it's an unofficial major, but yeah. he certainly did himself proud. But it gets his major got, money. He got, what, 1.6 or 1.3? So, I mean, you got to like that. But also, Ray, you know, he's he's had a lot of close, he's been in the top ten in a lot of these majors over the last couple of years. So, I mean, to not win since 2012 you know, I, I'm sure he's been kind of frustrated by it, and um, you know, he's also shown he's been consistently good, but not good enough. And so now he gets one. So let's see uh, if it gives him momentum, you know, to the next major, or you know, how he finishes out the rest of the the golf year. Going to the NHL, Ray, we got to give props. The Ducks advance. They do it. Now we got Ducks and Blackhawks. What did you think about the Ducks advancing and then the Rangers surviving? And then we'll talk about the uh, the Montreal and, and Tampa, where that series is at. Yeah, I got to say, well, for all you Ranger fans out there, they've been on life support for a while. They uh, can't score, but they so finally Wednesday's game put together. Six, right? They put together. Yeah, they put together a a, a match. Um, no, they're three three. They they go to a game seven. Oh. Oh, Wednesday's game seven. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So they finally put together four-goal outburst on Sunday, and then they go up 4-3. Um, this, this is a 
this is a very interesting Ranger team. You know, I, I just felt like the offense fell off the cliff, and yeah. they're going to a game seven. It'll be at home, so their goalie can hold knows? it down. Yeah, Lundquist who knows? Henry Lundqvist is the man you want in goal, right? And then you've got the uh, uh, you got. I know Vasquez is giving the you the guarantee. He's giving you to Patrick Ewing and the Messier. <laughs> well. Go ahead, Alex. You know, do your thing. If you can do it, then why not? The Ducks go to, like you said, the Ducks go to overtime. They win their series four to one, so they'll be. They've only lost there one game in the whole playoff some popcorn series. Popcorn so. and some, you know, drinking their Kool Aid and and getting ready. Um, but yeah, this has been a, this has been a fun series. I, you know, it's funny that it's been fun, but there's no like real compelling story yet. So maybe in the in the conference finals or maybe in the Now what, the what about Tampa and Montreal? So, you know what? I actually we both thought that the Canadians would take care of business pretty easy. But Tampa leads the series 3-2 and they play again on Tuesday at home and I have a sneaky suspicion that the Lightning are going to close them out. So even though I predict oh, yeah, the Canadians, no, I, yeah, I, think, I don't know. The I Lightning look tough, it. man. They're up 3-2. They close it out at home. Look, you don't want to go back to Montreal for a game seven. So you better figure out a way to take care of They will. So because it, remember, we talked about it last show. They've got so much scoring and, and a balanced team. I think the Lightning. Johnson and, and Stamkos, they really do because, you know, Nobody wants to go up to, to, to Montreal and play Carey Price in a game seven. So I well, think no, everybody's no, going to take care of business. Yeah, and then we'd have Ducks, Blackhawks, Lightning against the Caps Rangers winner. That's uh, it's going to be good. You know, hockey playoffs are fun. We do want it, to, you want it to juice up a little bit. The NBA playoffs have juiced up a little. Before that, hockey was, you know, seemed to be jumping off ahead in the first round, and now the second round, the uh, NBA has been having these buzzer beaters and these close games. I mean, the Rose shot, then the Pierce shot, and then the LeBron shot, you can't get much better than that. I mean, as a sports fan, it, that was a great weekend of buzzer beaters, and, you know, Paul Pierce had the, the best of them all, and just the interview with Broussard, our buddy, did you, you know, did you call Glass? He's like, did you call Bank? He's like, no, I called Game, and that's all you need to know. That, that's all you need to know. Paul Pierce, the truth. So, um, just real quick update on some NFL. It hasn't come down yet, but I think they're saying it probably if it didn't come down this late afternoon that we would find out with Brady tomorrow. You know, Adam Shetner from ESPN was reporting that it, you know. Could be anywhere from one to four games, a draft pick, and some money. You know, I don't know. Um, I thought Peter King had a good article Monday morning quarterback and questioning some different things. And you know, could the weather? I, I think at the at the whole of it, we both agree there was some attempt for cheating, and so the the cover up was worse than the crime, though. And I don't know if it. I I still think it should be two games. I don't know if they need to do money and a draft pick. You know what I mean? That I don't know if that's too far, but we'll see how it plays out. But did you see what they did with their roster? Did they got rid of Kyle Arrington and they got uh, tight end Fred, Fred Davis? Yeah. Now he's got a lot of talent. He just sort of was injured and 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 maybe mentally out of it for a little bit. That's somebody that could uh, join Tim Wright and Gronkowski, and you know there they go, another talented. Uh, 
I mean, Fred Davis, you know, showed it on the field. It's not like he hasn't showed it. I mean, the kid, oh, no, he can course. play. So they've become so. tight end, tight end central over there in New England. Again, yeah, I thought that was – and then it's it very sad. We talked on Friday about, you know, with the rookie training camps, uh, Dante Fowler Jr., and then the Broncos lost uh, Jim Harriman, their tight end, in the third-round pick, another ACL. So they were counting on him to be the second tight end and, you know, be there with um, – or the third tight end and groom him to be the number one behind Virgil Green and uh, your boy uh, Owen Daniels. So that's a blow out for the season for Manning and, uh, you know, how he loves to, you know, throw to his tight ends. So that means the old veteran, Owen Daniels, has got to hold it down, Ray. The you OD. Know? And he, the OD. Coming back off of, uh, you know, he got injured two years ago, had a couple good seasons, you know, coming back from that injury. Well, he's, he's following his coach he's around. Not... You know, that's what you like to see. He follows his coach from Houston to Baltimore to Denver. Right, Kubiak, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what's interesting, too, though, is Peyton Manning's going to have a an older squad now. You know, it's like, who are the young kids? I guess Emmanuel Center's still pretty young, but uh, we'll yeah, see who yeah. can make plays for him. You know, those those bubble screens to Demarius Thomas and, you know, who's going to stretch the field, who's going to open up the middle. Because I'm not sure Peyton Manning's arm is ever going to recover. I think it's, it's slowly going to deteriorate between the neck and the elbow and all, all the issues that he has. So yeah. he really has to get people who can make plays. If that if that offense is going to be dynamic, he needs playmakers. And Owen Dan is not a playmaker per se. He'll move the chains. He's a nice – He's a nice asset right, to have right. up the middle, but uh, he still needs playmakers around him, Peyton. I think you're going to see a lot of um, the draft pick from last year, uh, Lattimore, in terms of outside on the speed. And I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be able to work inside and outside because he's got speed, but he's also got the inside savvy. They're going to do a lot of slants, a lot of curls, um, a lot of pick play pass routes, you know, I think that's going to be the offense. But, you know, Kubiak, you know, he does a lot of play action. So for him, you know, he's going to hope that Hillman, Monty Ball gets his assets in order and C.J. Anderson gets it going and they're going to run the ball a lot. I think, uh, I think running it and these slants, curls and bubble screens, it's going to be a big part of their offense. And that might save Manning for December, you know what I mean? I mean, in terms of where they're going to need him and what they're going to need out of him. And, um, hey, Shane Ray, obviously they wanted to improve their defense, you know, so we'll see how that goes. I just wanted to throw this at you before we get to our segment and then some MLB. So we talked about the Patriots signing stuff, their guys, whatever. But did you know that, NFL team spent $1.528 billion in free agency in the offseason. Ray, the NFL is doing just fine. <laughs> and you had a couple teams over $100 million, the Jets, the Jags, the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Raiders. That's a lot of money. Well, the, the, Goodness the generate generates $10 billion a year. So they need to pay it to the talent on the field. You know what I mean? Those TV rights are outrageous. Definitely, definitely. I'm just like, wow. I mean, 1.5. I mean, you know, free agency frenzy is, is, and this is, you know, 
that that's 142 unrestricted free agents. That's crazy. That's a lot of money. So, you know, stuff like that always uh, fascinates me. You know, I mean, to me, there's the game and then there's sort of the side or the periphery of the game and the contracts and the salary cap and how it all gets balanced. I think for any real or true sports fan, um, you know, likes the, the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty of it all. So, you know, I I think that that's fun to always talk about, um, you know, with the fans and stuff. Why don't we uh, rock rock some beats, Ray? Let's come back with our segment, I'm Sorry, where Ray and Tay apologize to a player, a team, maybe a GM, an organization, and then we'll finish strong also with MLB. Ray and Tay. Glenn 
Doc Rivers' son. And you know what? Named after Austin Carr. (laughs) Exactly. Without him, the Clippers would be at least – they may not have gotten out of the first round. They may not have beaten the Spurs, and they probably would have one or two fewer wins in this round. Because the guy, while he doesn't play your typical point guard – He's more of a shooter. He's more of a scorer. He's a score-first guy. The guy is fearless. The kid puts his head down. He plays. He scores. He takes it to the hoop. He's got, you know, an okay outside game. But all in all, he's got the gumption. He's got the confidence. He's got the, ah, that I'm the son of an NBA player. I'm an NBA player. I'm a first-rounder. I deserve to be here. And you know what? That's half the battle. Because everybody in the NBA has skills. So if you have skills and you have the right mindset, then that puts you in a in an enviable position. And you know what? I'm sorry, Austin Rivers. I dissed you. I didn't think you were good enough. I thought you were riding on your dad's name. And Ooh. you know what? I thought when the Clippers got you that it was basically your da- dad looking out for you, trying to salvage your career. And maybe that's true, but you've earned it. You've earned it. Did you think he was Jeremiah Rivers? Did you think he was oh, Jeremiah Rivers? Come on, from Georgetown that didn't make get, the NBA. I get personal bringing his family members in there. <laughs> nah, but no, I give him credit because, good you know, frankly, he's still young. You know, he can still develop. He's only 22 years old. It won't be 23 yeah. for a few months. So no, his game's only going to get better. Career ahead of you, and maybe playing with Chris Paul and having to guard him every day in practice—that's a good thing. So, yeah, I'm definitely sorry. I apologize, Austin River. You deserve to be in the NBA. You're an NBA player, and you're making a heck of a contribution to a team that may just mess around and win a championship. So, yes, I'm Mm. sorry, Austin. You're a player. Wow. You know what? I tip your hat. Tip my hat to Ray, and I would have to co-sign that because – I thought he might be a little bit better, but I, I definitely the slow start kind of threw things off. Well, I'm sorry leads us to our you know final segment, which is MLB, and this one it hits home to both of our hearts. This one's kind of personal. I'm sorry to the greatest team and greatest franchise in baseball, my favorite team from my hometown, the team that I grew up idolizing with the greatest players in the world. They're 10, 20, and 12. They're three games up in first place. I didn't predict them to make the playoffs. I think I put them in third place. I had them in fourth. I thought maybe without Jeter, they they wouldn't be so great. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. I'm talking about the New York Yankees, our New York Yankees that we love. I am so sorry that I knew Jacoby Ellsbury would do well. I even said that on our preview show, batting 341. I'm sorry to Teixeira for his 10 home runs and 25 ribbies. I didn't see that in you. I surely, Mark, did not see that in your text. You're doing big things. I did not see clutch and timely hitting enough to be able, and I'm talking about from guys that you wouldn't even imagine. I'm talking about from young Chris Young, you still got Carlos Beltran, Alex Rodriguez, who's banged out his home runs, Gardner's playing well, McCann, the whole crew. I am so sorry. I am sorry that I did not think 
our pitching, and we saw Pineda last yesterday put up a ridiculous game with 16, 16 strikeouts. strikeouts in seven Ray. innings. Wow. Wasn't that beautiful? I mean, you know, he's got five wins leading the Yankees. Um, you know, you, when you look at the ERA, he's leading us 2-7-2. I mean, this right now, to me, he's our ace, 54 strikeouts. Our bullpen is just incredible. Miller just doing, you know, what he needs to do with 13 saves. I'm sorry that I doubted my Yankees, and so much so now I'm jumping back with you. But Tances is doing his thing um, with his eight holds. I am back on it, and I'm going to ride you to the playoffs. The New York Yankees. I'll scratch out my Red Sox or Oreo pick and put in the Yankees whether to win the division or the wild card, and I won't doubt the 27 World Series and my favorite team in all of baseball. I won't doubt you again. Yankees, please forgive me. I, Tay, Eric Taylor, am so sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. They're doing great. They're doing great. So let's talk about baseball, man, because it's not just them, Ray. I mean – Obviously, in the clubhouse, the Cardinals are leading the way. You've got a couple teams with 20 wins. The Cardinals sort of stand above, above it all with 22-9. and nine. This is without Wainwright. Tell me, how are they doing it, and, 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 and can the Cardinals keep it going? Why not? This team has got organizational excellence. Yeah. Their best player and, and one of the top – three or four pitches in the league, and Adam Wainwright goes down. Well, you know what? He went down a few years ago, and they recovered. Mm-hmm. He was in the bullpen, and then he went down, and then he became a starter again. You know, I, I don't know how, but this team always seems to rally around, I don't want to even say adversity, because it, it's whatever happens. And sometimes, you know, Albert Pujols leaves, and sometimes Adam Wainwright gets hurt, and sometimes whatever this team just just breeds excellent baseball players. They've got a great home field. They play in a pretty tough NL Central, although there's some turnover now. Milwaukee's actually playing much better. Chicago's dipping a little bit, but you figure between Chicago, Milwaukee, and then Cincinnati and the Pirates, that's a tough neighborhood to play in. But yet this team just keeps doing it year in and year out. They, they really are the gold standard. I mean, more than the Yankees, I think. They're the gold standard because in terms of an organization, right, the Yankees just go out and spend. And then they happen to have, a, a, you know, an unbelievable early 90s, you know, where they got the, the, the Fab Four or the Fab Five up the middle and, you know, traded for Paul O'Neill. But, but in terms of an right. organization. Right. You're more impressed with the Cardinals. Because you're not always knowing the guys' names. Who was John Jay a couple years ago and and, and, uh, Alan Craig? I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, that was so impressive. And, and, and you know, they. they, Yeah, yeah, he's becoming clutch. So clutch, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the Cardinals. You know what? Cardinals are awesome. Well. Who else are you liking right now? Obviously, you know, I jokingly kind of was hoping and and thinking like, oh, man, a Subway series because the Mets are still doing things. You know, it's not necessarily realistic, but you got to give them props because they're still hanging in there. Um, What's wrong with Clayton Kershaw? I mean, the Dodgers are still doing good. 
Go ahead. Yeah, Metro the game ahead of the Yanks. I mean, Metro 20 and 11. No, I, no, no, no. They're still keeping it going. They're still keeping it going. But the Dodgers, 20 and 10, looking good. But your boy Kershaw, who's trying to get his 100th win, he's 0 for 5 in doing that. What, what, what's going on? You know what? As one lefty to another lefty, I just tell him, just chill, just chill. Just chill. As gotta, long as chill your team is winning, as long as your team is winning, and they are, and they're four and a half games ahead of the Padres, it looks like everybody in the NL West is going to be around 500 or below. The Rockies kind of right. fell back to earth. You know, they were playing well, but they've lost, what, nine in a row the Rockies did. So they were they – were, uh, Look to be decent, and now you know, they're probably in their rightful place in last place with the with the Diamondbacks just slightly ahead of them. I think he just needs to relax. He's got all the stuff. Unless he's hurt, which I don't think he is, he's got all the stuff. He'll be fine. He'll win 100. He'll win 200. And if he stays healthy, he'll win 300. <laughs> so just just chill. Just you know, you got your money. Your team is doing fine. Nobody's running away with that division. Just go out there and pitch. You know what? Sometimes we make it too complicated. Sometimes we make, oh, you got to throw yeah. 70% sliders and 20%. No, just go out there and pitch. You'll be fine. You, you still got the best, you know, the best stuff in baseball. So just you, you'll be all right. Just just chill. What's fascinating is that number one, you give props to KC for the rain delay and winning the series over the Tigers last night, and they're sort of you know, keeping their lead, um, you know, still close, a game and a half up over Detroit. But, I mean, even, let's say, the AL East, you could flip the standings in reverse order, and that's what some people predicted, you know, Baltimore, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, New York, and it's it's opposite. And then you look at, you know, same thing with Houston. Um, not flipping that division, but just – it's almost shocking that at this point they're still up, you know, five, five and a half games off of the Angels and Mariners. Look like the Mariners and Angels are starting to turn it around a little, but Houston doesn't look like they're slowing down, and I think that's what's so uh, captivating to me. You know what I mean? That they're really, um, you know, I guess lately they're playing 500 ball. You know, the last 10 they're 5-5, five and five, but, you know, that means that everybody else has got to play that much better, you know, to catch up. So. Yeah, to catch them, it, it, it's true. I mean, think about it. They're five up in the loss column on the Angels and the Mariners. And, again, in that division, they all have to play each other. And even the Rangers, who we thought would be terrible, are hanging around. And the team that's yeah. terrible is the Oakland A's. But you got to figure uh. they always have a good second half. So they'll be at least beating up on this AL West. So th- this AL West is going to look very interesting. And what do you think about no, the no, and the Tigers? They just look look to be neck and neck. I don't. I think if that's going to be the storyline of the whole summer. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't. I think the two of them will pull away, and they'll be switching first and second. You know, every other week. I, I just don't see anybody pulling away. They're they're getting great hitting, solid pitching. Um, you know, you hope that you know they stay healthy, but um, it's impressive to see. And you got to be a little disappointed, I think, in the White Sox and the Indians. Um, both of these teams look like they were really ready, um, and really, it's looking like Minnesota that's ready for you know uh, to, for some growth. Um, but I, I hope the White Sox and Indians sort of turn it around. 
um, just like, you know, Seattle, you know, these teams that have, you know, the good good staffs and, and, and some good hitting. I want to ask you this. When do the Philadelphia Phillies at 11 and 21, when do they sort of wave the flag and, and start – maybe getting rid of Ryan Howard and Cole Hamels. Are they going to do this before the All-Star break? I mean, All-Star voting is so. already open. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you think? I think so. I think, well, look, nobody wants Ryan Howard's contract, right? He makes $25, 26000000 million a year. So unless they want to eat some of that, Ryan Howard's staying in Philly. But Cole Hamels is the one that people could definitely use. A contender could use a Cole Hamels. I mean, think about the Detroit Tigers could use a Cole Hamels. Heck, the Yankees could use uh, yeah. especially if, if Tanaka keeps having those shoulder in, or elbow injuries and, and CC the Mets, have what if the Mets what if the Mets decided that they're they're close and you know they wanted to eat Howard's contract and what if they wanted to offer one of their pitchers and get a Hamels and really? at the same time maybe take that bat, yeah. Oof. They've got the money. Their fans have been pretty faithful and city field and new york and the whole market and they've underspent for so many years don't you think it's time that they if they're this close and they might be a year ahead of schedule and they potentially could do something don't they owe it to uh, new york city and queens and the fans of city field those tickets aren't cheap no, but they do have that dynamic pricing. So, you know, you can go get yourself a $15 ticket at City Field. Uh, but I hear what you're saying. And you know what? Strike while the iron's hot. And everybody thought that it would be next year where they'd bring Syndergaard up and then Wheeler would be back and then they'd have their full-fledged rotation. They'd figure out the lineup and, and you know, whether they stick with Granderson or not and, and, and Lagaris and, and all these other guys, that peripheral guys that you don't know if, if they'll hit or not. I mean, you kind of knew that Wright and Kadir and maybe even a, a Lucas Duda would hit. So, you know what? The Mets are a player away. And I don't know if they're ready to go all in this year. I think they're, 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 they're content to st- I think they're going to go to the All-Star break and basically figure out if they're for real or not and if they'll make the move. So I-, I think the Mets are a little bit like Bartolo Colon. You know, I think they might have a great first half <laughs> and then hit the wall. That's just my personal be, view. Be, no hating. Be nice. My be nice. View. Be nice. Well, look, great show. We're sorry, you know. We had some uh, little technical difficulties, but you know what? We we finished strong, and Ray and Tay will be back Friday, it's going to be a great sports week. Enjoy the games tonight. you got some hockey Tuesday and Wednesday, the NBA, some great games tonight. And um, we'll uh, sum up the Tom Brady suspension for you on Friday because it's probably coming down tomorrow. So, what do you got? One, thanks for two, listening. four? I think at the end of the day, it's going to be two, my initial thought. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's. Two games is something significant, but, you know. He, and he's and he'll appeal it, and it will go down to one. He'll miss one game after the appeal. So, All right, Ray. Great show. Have a great Thanks for listening. See you on Friday. Peace. Hey.